the shot. You're listening to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and today I'm with the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who gladly donates his right ankle so Harry Kane keeps playing, and who thinks Sun's price tag is now close to $400 million. Perhaps too high, perhaps not. It's Jared Bustamente. How are you, bud? I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> love it and from the red side of the table he's the chairman of the arsenal kansas city fan group the man who's already packed wenger's bags for him and who's baked a cake to celebrate checks 200 clean sheets sounds tasty it's boyce richardson how are you bud you know that cake and the time that i initially prepared it until now probably went stale but i'll take it we won (laughs) two matches in a row going streaking Make another cake. Um, good stuff. Right. <laughs> Let's uh, kick off the contest uh, as usual with our top three segments where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Three points for guessing number one, two for number two, and so on. Boys, you're up first this week. So what do you think was the most talked about? As much as I want to talk about Arsenal actually manage- managing to win a match, I believe it's probably... Manchester United, Liverpool. You would be correct, sir. Yes, and that will get you those three points. Man United edge historic tie against Liverpool thanks to two goals from Marcus Rashford. Final score being 2-1. Boys, we've seen two sides to this uh, Manchester United team and their campaign this season. Do you think Mourinho, who we have talked about before, but do you think he has what it takes to develop this squad more and kind of make them stronger next season? You know, I think at the beginning of the season, I probably would have argued that he did not. But he has certainly added, if not an element of fortuity, an element of attacking bite to this squad. Much like the Arsenal match where Arsenal just conceded far too much space to United and allowed them to be able to run through the midfield at rampant. Liverpool did pretty much the exact same thing. You know, we talked about on this podcast how when they signed Virgil van Dijk, that perhaps that would be a band-aid over Liverpool's defensive frailties. But in this particular match, the two goals that Rashford scored, you know, the second one's off a fortuitous bounce. But on the first one, he absolutely just ate Alexander-Arnold's lunch and left him on the ground. It was like the (laughs) James Harden version of the EPL. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'm surprised that <laughs> he didn't just get subbed out of the match immediately after that was over with. But if United are actually able to combine some offensive thrust with a pretty stellar defense and Mourinho's general belief in the necessity of parking the bus, then this team, I think, can develop a little bit more going into next year. But I think what we're going to see in three weeks It's either three or four weeks until the Manchester Derby. And it's one of those situations where even with this newfound run that Manchester United are on, where they've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten Liverpool, they still have to go to the Etihad and they still have to play Manchester City and they're still going to lose. So the development needs to be pretty significant over the next four weeks and equally as significant going into next season because Manchester City are going to do nothing but improve under Guardiola. And at this point, you know, the question is whether or not Jose Mourinho is actually able to get within 16 points. And at the end of the season, it could very well be even more so than that, which is why the City fans were singing to him and calling him the C word, as well as chanting that they're 16 in front walking into City Wonderland. 
Jared, let's talk a little bit about Liverpool in this uh, specific fixture. Do you think they should have perhaps got away with at least one point during this game, or is it a very fair result in your opinion? I think it's a fair result. I mean, it's just that even with the addition of Virgil Van Dijk, you have a you know you still have Lovren on that back line who was just worked, and as Boyce alluded to, Andrew Robertson uh, just getting smoked. So i I think it's a I think it's a fair result, and you got a Liverpool squad that only walked away with a frankly a very a very nice little finish by bye uh, uh, to you know <laughs> kind of tuck it away there. Uh, but uh, I, I I think that the anti headline is you know a uh, a non goal outing by Mo Salah. Uh, you know who who we talked about in this podcast time and again uh, who uh, produced those beautiful goals, one of which against Spurs, I'll admit, uh, and just wasn't able to produce. So I think. Uh, uh, I think this Liverpool squad still has things to figure out, and uh, you know, despite their you know record-setting additions, and I'm kind of trying to figure out what what Klopp is doing. I mean, you've, you have several different formations, you know, in in deploying Ox. Is he a back? Is he a winger? What do we know? What, I mean, he's still just the Ox. Uh, <laughs> is he specific to this? You know, uh, 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 to this fixture, I. I don't know, and maybe I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But I, I think they still have some work to do, um, especially as they fight out for a top four finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually feel confident they might actually get one um, this season. But again, it's that consistency, and especially their defensive woes uh, from this game, especially. But uh, anyway, uh, time will tell. Uh, right, Jared, we're over to you. Uh, we have second and third spots still to guess. So, what do you think? I'm going to be selfish and talk about uh, Spurs 4-1 over Bournemouth, uh, vaulting over Liverpool for third place, but also the injury to Harry Kane. You know what? You were very close to getting a point, but recent news, hopefully not giving any clues here to Boyce, uh, bumped it out of the list. Uh, If we did our top four, it would be in, but it's not. So Boyce, we're going to swing back to you. So what do you think? I would have to imagine that Arsenal somehow sticking it to that fat-ass Troy Deeney and taking three points has to be on this list. You know, as much as that's hilarious too, it didn't make the list. No, these are interesting ones this week. I will say that. Um, so, Jared, we're back to you. Back to me. Uh, oh, let's talk about uh, the debacle of West Ham and yes. uh, the 3-0 loss at home to Burnley. We will... said it ensued. Yep, that is it. Yep, that got second spot, believe it or not. Um, yes, another West Ham collapse. Stirs up some controversial scenes as fans jeer at the director's box. And corner flags are badly mishandled. Um, the final score was... <laughs> Uh, three to nothing. Uh, quick stat here before we get things kicked off. Uh, West Ham United have now lost three league games in a row by a margin of three or more goals for the first time since March 2008. Isn't that quite something? Um, so, Jared, what, if anything, what is the chairman's response to all of this calamity? I, oh, goodness. If it's anything close to, uh, as you alluded to, the corner flag, a supporter able to make it ripping the corner flag and then make it to midfield yeah. with a <laughs> dejected security, just kind of walking, going, you know what? I kind of agree with him. So we're just going to let him go and <laughs> let him let do it. it. And, <laughs> and poor Mark Noble having to wear both the captain's armband and a security jacket. So can we just get on with it? Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, it is, all sixes and sevens mm-hmm. over there uh, at the Olympic Stadium. And I, uh, uh, I mean, they brought in the new manager. I hesitate to say, you know, anything other than just burning it down and trying trying to build it back up. But, I mean, they, they 
bought in the sightings, you know, uh, they bought in Chicharito, and, you know, despite whether or not, you know, he worked out or not, and I boys have some strong opinions about, about that guy. Uh, but <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, this is what the sport is all about. You look at the passion of these supporters and you look at, you know, what they live and breathe in West Ham, you know, uh, a club that has some story behind it. Mm. And just to, to see this kind of routing, uh, and the frustration from the players personified in Mark Noble to answer your question, I haven't the foggiest, but whatever it is, it's got to be good. Boyce, what is your uh, what is your take on all of this? Do you think the fans have a point? Do you think there needs to be a little more control? What do you think? Well, I think it's one of those situations where when you look at the bottom of the table, West Ham are presently sitting in 16th. They're three off the drop. But when you look at the rest of those other teams, they don't have the added concern of the fact that West Ham just moved into the Olympic Stadium. Rent there probably outranks all of their direct competitors. And I don't know where the talent is on that squad to even be able to compete. All it's going to take for either Crystal Palace, Southampton, or Stoke City to go above them is one singular win. They've got a negative 21 goal differential, and all they're doing right now is feeding the fuel of Burnley, who sadly are in direct competition with Arsenal for sixth place in the league. Uh, It was one of those situations where when I woke up in the morning on Saturday, I found myself in the terrible position of having to cheer for a West Ham team I knew was going to lose, or <laughs> just so that potentially they might save Arsenal from the wrath of Burnley, and thus is the 17-18 Arsenal season. But I do think it's one of those situations where the fans have a right to be upset. The Olympic Stadium was supposed to signal a return to form for West Ham, a return to the top of the table, a return to prior form and prior winning ways, and it mm-hmm. simply hasn't materialized. They been a lot of money in the offseason and got absolutely nowhere with it. And as Jared alluded to, you would think that Chicharito, after having been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, would actually do anything of note. But he just can't seem to regain that form he got as a substitute on Manchester United. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him venture into MLS in the coming years. Boyce, uh, you're up next then. You get uh, one more shot at the last one on the top three. So what do you think made it? Well, given your earlier hint, I was going to select Leicester City, but I guess it's got to be Manchester City further demoralizing the Orcs at Stoke. That is not it either. This is interesting. No. So, Jared, you get one more shot. See if you can get it. Recent news. I mean, this is like, I want to say a couple of hours ago. And again, I hate to give out clues, but... uh, Maybe you guys haven't actually heard it yet, but anyway, it made the list. <laughs> uh, um, somebody, somebody got fired. Uh, it uh, uh, that's what it has me. Was it Southampton? Suffolk uh, got fired. Yes, it was. South, Southampton <laughs> fired Pellegrino, right? They did. Yeah. <laughs> we got it out of here. Uh, yes, the uh, Southampton have parted company. It was, it was news broken today, uh, this evening, uh, England time, obviously afternoon, America time. Uh, but they've chosen to part company with Mauricio Pellegrino. Pellegrino, excuse me. Uh, eight games left of the season. He's gone. Um, and believe this or not, the Saints have just won one of their last 17 fixtures. Most recently, of course, losing to Newcastle 3-0. So, and we've spoken about Southampton before, but uh, Jared, do you think that was the correct call? I. That's a heck of a move when you're talking about, you know, the if, if there was a theme to this podcast, uh, uh, it is the race to the bottom uh, with the with the bottom 10 clubs. Uh, you're looking at a Southampton side that's what, 16th, mm-hmm. 17th? Yeah, they're in uh, that area. Yeah. And only only safe by the zone by 
I think only a point or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're that's a heck of a time to you know you're effectively you're banking on the classic okay switch in management and now there's going to be a little spark and you're going to you know win you know four of your next six or or something like that because those are the kind of points that they need. I hesitate. Uh, uh, to say it's a good move. I, I guess it's one of those that's going to be results-based. If it works, fantastic. If not, and Southampton drop, I think that's probably what they're thinking. It's like, look, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to rebuild this team anyway. So regardless if we're in the lower division or if we're up, uh, we're going to make some moves. And I think that's more of a, it, it might be a signal to uh, uh, the fan base. And frankly, maybe West Ham, you know, kind of uh, take some notes here. Uh, that might be a signal. That, look, we're serious about moving forward. We're serious about uh, whatever comes next. Uh, and regardless, we're going to make some moves. We're not going to be afraid to make big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, 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 I think time will tell. I'm not mm-hmm. really familiar with uh, uh, Southampton's uh, uh, schedule coming up, but uh, <laughs> boy, uh, for their sake, I hope it works. Mm-hmm. I did read, uh, again, this might be very early rumors, but uh, Mark Hughes was uh, somewhat in line to take over. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get to make fun of him some more. We ha- right. Why not, right? I mean, he does a stellar <laughs> job wait. elsewhere. Uh, Boyce, what do you think of Southampton's uh, obviously decision today? But just in general, do you feel like they're kind of treading a fine line here? I'm not sure how fine the line is. They've got to do something. They've got eight fixtures left in the season to be able to save the rest of their campaign. And while they do have an FA Cup feature, fixture against Wigan coming up on the 18th, there's no real way that you can assume that they're going to win that competition. Mm-hmm. Wigan themselves are extremely talented at getting past big clubs in the FA Cup. You still have Spurs, you still have United, you still have Chelsea. I wouldn't be surprised to see whoever is managing Southampton on the 18th just go with a nonsense lineup and just try and do whatever they can to stay up. They're one point out of the drop zone in the league. You know, it was strange because I think earlier in this season we were talking about how decent Southampton were with Dusan Tadic and a couple of the other players that are on that squad that they had at least the capacity to be able to do some damage in the Premier League and outside of their annual dismantling of Arsenal although this time it was a draw uh, it's a situation where I'm not sure how many points are left I'm looking at their schedule right now they've got West Ham away Mark March 31st 2018 on your calendar for a big big battle in the relegation zone and then the next match, they have Arsenal away. And then you're looking at Chelsea at home, Leicester away, Bournemouth at home, Everton away, and Manchester City at home. So <laughs> Good finish. To your earlier question, there aren't that many points yeah. remaining for them. You look at those matches, and you look at maybe Everton and definitely West Ham as places where they could pick up points. But given the fact that they're on 28 right now, that gets them to 34. I think the drop zone's probably still going to end up being somewhere around 36-ish. Mm-hmm. That's a really tight curve. At a maximum, that puts them seven points beyond relegation right now. And I just don't see where they get any additional points. So maybe dismissing Pellegrino and bringing somebody in can offer some additional tactics that other teams that they play in the Premier League aren't ready for over the last eight matches of the campaign, but it's going to be really, really close. Yeah, they're going to have to rely on the inability of all the other clubs below them, and given that those three clubs are Crystal Palace, Stoke City, and West Brom, I mean, let's. I guess we can just leave West Brom out of this conversation right now. They're already gone. So the question (laughs) is, can Stoke City and Crystal Palace manage more than seven points in eight matches? And in this race to the bottom, who knows? (laughs) 
Uh, let's move on swiftly then to our next game, which this week is Who Said That? Yes, in this game, I'm going to read out a quote from one of the manager's post-match interviews. And all the guys have to do in turn is guess who said it. Simple. Uh, two points for a correct guess. Jared. this first one is for you. It was a complete performance by us with two different halves. If people don't think we deserved it, I don't care. It was a complete performance by us with two different halves. If people don't think we deserved it, I don't care. Uh, I'm going to say Pochettino, only because I think it was a tale of two halves with Spurs. Uh, that would be incorrect, unfortunately. Yeah, that wasn't <sighs> right. Uh, so, Boyce, what do you think? Uh, Claude Puel. Unfortunately not. It was Jose Mourinho, of course, man of the hour. Uh, uh, I he, can tell uh, you Jose didn't deserve it. Yeah, he was like, I don't care, I don't <laughs> care. He totally did care. Uh, right, boys, uh, boys, this next one's for you. A lot of my players did well with the way they acted. <laughs> A lot of my players did well with the way they acted. David Moyes. That is absolutely right. Yes, it was David Moyes. How'd you get that? <laughs> uh, the earlier conversation sort of gave that away. It Cheers did. to Mark Noble for behaving himself in the face of absolute calamity. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That guy deserves a medal. He does. He does. Uh, Jared, this next one's for you. We chased the game in the second half and caused them problems, but this is a results game, and they have the result. And we don't. <laughs> we chase the game in the second half and cause them problems. But this is a results game and they have the result and we don't. Which manager came uh, up with those genius words? I would do it in accents, but that might give it away and I can't do accents very well. <laughs> Clark? It was, yeah, it was Jurgen Klopp, believe right. it or not. Good stuff. Yeah, he was, of course, talking about their uh, demise to Manchester United. But yes, that'll get you those two points. Uh, boys, this last one's for you. You have to fight. You have to fight until the end. I don't care whatever job or workplace you're in. I'll give that one to you again. You have to fight. You have to fight until the end. I don't care whatever job or workplace you're in. Who said that? Alan Pardew. Nailed it once again. Yes, that is absolutely wow. correct. Nice, nice shot. Um, yep, he, of course, is talking about West Brom, who, as you mentioned earlier, are not probably going to survive. Who knows? We'll see. Time will tell. Right then, let's move on then to our last game of the week, which is, of course, another round of player profile. Uh, Same thing again. I'll be giving you guys five clues to each different player currently in the Premier League. Uh, Each clue, of course, easier than the last. First person to shout in a name and correctly guess that player wins the two points. But as usual, you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Guys, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do this. Right. This first player is an English player. Has been with his club since 2004. Plays as a central midfielder. Currently plays for West Ham. Played role of bouncer in their game against Burnley. Yes, Jared. Mark Noble. Mark Noble. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, Player number two is a Brazilian international. Used to play for Shakhtar Donetsk. Now plays for Chelsea. Is an attacking midfielder. His first name is used as his last name. Ooh, tough one. 
Yeah, Brazilian international used to play for Shakhtar. This is where the Googling gets frantic. Now plays for Chelsea, an attacking midfielder. First name is used as his last name. Oh, Jared. Yes, Jared. Uh, William. William, yes, that is absolutely correct. That'll get you those two no points. No Googling for the record. No Googling. <laughs> no Googling. I didn't hear any tapping, so it counts. Uh, player number three, here we go. Uh, scored a decisive goal over the weekend. Started senior level football in 2015. An English player. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Rashford. Rashford, Marcus Rashford. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you the two points. And player number four is a midfielder. A Danish international has been with his club since 2013. Jared. Yes, Jared. Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen. Too easy, too easy, yes. I thought I might try and trip <laughs> you up by threading in, like, goalkeeper Leicester, because, uh, of course, Michael <laughs> is, uh, is also You've Danish. You've gotten me before, <laughs> so I was very hesitant. To... You were like, wait for it, wait for I it. I will never guess Mauricio's the same way again. <laughs> oh, man, tricky like that. Uh, right, this last one then uh, is an Englishman. Plays for Manchester United. Is an attacking midfielder. Came on as a sub in their game versus Liverpool. Has a girl's first name. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard is absolutely correct. Yes. And that'll get you those two points. Now, would you believe it? Again, maths is still a work in progress. But we once again have a tie. Both 11 points. So once again, it goes down to a tiebreaker. So kind of like what we've done in the last few episodes, I'm going to randomly pick a Premier League season. And I'm going to ask you guys in turn to guess which team finished in a certain position. So let me go ahead and bring up the vault of knowledge, which is Google, in getting a Premier League table for a certain year. And again, I, uh, I do ask that you don't Google yourselves, and I obviously trust that you won't do that. Um, okay, so here it is. We're going to go with 2008. 2008 is the season. Uh, Boyce, we're going to start with you on this one. Which team do you think came second? Which team came second in 2008? Arsenal. Arsenal is incorrect. Jared, it's over to you. 2008. 2008. What was the financial climate like for these teams in 2008? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea is incorrect. Boys, we're back to you. Liverpool. Liverpool is correct. Yes, nice work on ah. that one. They took second spot that season with a whopping 86 points. Uh, for your interest, it was Manchester United that won it that season with 90. Um, Arsenal came fourth. Tottenham, I have to embarrassingly click the down arrow to see where they finished. Believe it or not, it was eighth. Wow, that was a bad season. Um, Glory. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one to Oh, forget. Chelsea finished third. Oh, Chelsea did so finish close. third. Yeah, Arsenal fourth, Everton fifth. Aston Villa 6th? Wow, good times. Um, Fulham 7? Well, yeah. Wigan 11, Bolton 13, Portsmouth yeah. 14. God, this is like a time capsule. Marvel at Man City in 10th. <laughs> I miss him. 
Yeah, good times. Those are the days. Uh, anyway, yes, boys, congratulations. That does get you the win for the week. How do you feel? Just like Arsenal. Feel like a winner. Yeah, let's hope they can uh, keep that momentum going. Who have they got next? They've got AC Milan on Thursday in the reverse fixture in the Europa League, but the lesser match on St. Patrick's Day has been uh, postponed due to the FA Cup. That's right. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, I think they've got the... Uh the next game in the Europa for sure. but uh, And uh, Jared, who have Spurs got? Uh, Spurs, we have uh, FA Cup Swans on Ooh, Saturday. Very, fun. very excited. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and we'll be there 7.45. That's Strange Days Brewing. Strange Days, indeed. Yeah, that place 7. is 15, awesome. 7.15, I'm sorry. 7.15, that's right. That's, uh, that's right. And one thing I will mention real quick, because it is kind of funny that it happened. I was happily watching the Premier League coverage, and what do I see but a picture of myself wearing a Spurs hoodie... <laughs> <laughs> in the commercial break, <laughs> random, whatever bit they do where they post pictures. I didn't even send that to NBCSN. I'll throw that out there. I just used the hashtag MyPLMorning, and sure enough, they had it in their vault. They brought it out. Good times. My phone blew up after and, that. And our local watch went wild. <laughs> Did they really? I wasn't even there, but... Was... Oh, we we recounted it mightily and, uh, and 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 tweeted it out on social media. So congratulations, you're famous. It's too friend. funny. I, I was like, oh, do I get a free scarf or something? But they said no. That's scarf Wednesdays, and I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> who knows? You've been mad. I, I have. I mean, they just took my picture and abused it. Anyway, um, that was funny. You are in a first shirt. You abused your photo enough already. <laughs> Good one. Oh hush. Oh hush. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. All right. Well, anyway, that's all that we have time for this week. Uh, thanks again to uh, Boyce Richardson and Jerry Bustamante. Uh, do check out our Facebook page, our Twitter account at Kick Corner Flag, or you, of course you can check out our website, kickflag.com. Guys, any final words, Jared? Until next week, sir. Until next week, and Boyce. I don't have any closing words. I'm just hopeful that we don't blow it against Milan on Thursday. Fingers you crossed. will. Fingers, <laughs> fingers Just like Spurs blew it against Juventus. Oh, God, don't say that. Don't say that out loud. Oh, oh, God. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys, and until next week.